I want to hop right into the final week of our series, Red Flags. Who has been here for all four weeks so far of Red Flags? How many of you? Okay, all four weeks? Nice, nice, nice. Okay, so I hope that some of you have enjoyed at least a couple of the weeks. Maybe you watched it online later. But today is week five. It is the final week of Red Flags. Everybody said, oh, oh, man. It's been good. It's been real fun. Uh, But we're going to have some other stuff to do next week that I'm really excited about. But today is the final red flag, and you can see it on the screen. It is the red flag of being self-centered. Somebody say self-centered. Somebody say selfish. Mm -mm. No, we don't like that. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. And some of you are already looking at your spouse. You're already looking at your boyfriend and girlfriend, and it's already about to go down, okay? Uh, So last week, I kind of ousted myself a little bit to my wife. I don't, I, I don't know, she was in kids, or no, she was, she was sick and the Wi-Fi was down. I don't know if she ended up watching it, okay? I don't know, I don't know. She didn't say anything to me later about it, so I think we're okay. Uh, I don't have any stories about me and my wife today, I don't think. We'll see if we get there, but uh, uh, we'll have some fun today, I promise. So I'm gonna go straight to scripture, if that's okay with you guys. So if you have your Bible, turn to 2 Timothy 3, 2 through 5. 2 Timothy 3, two through five. And I will read it to you. If you don't have it, it's in the New Testament. Let's go ahead and hop right in. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous. Good Lord, this is just not a very encouraging uh, passage here, right? They'll be without self-control, brutal, Not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Avoid such people. That's a pretty strong command right there. Avoid those people. Don't go anywhere near them if this is the kind of person that you are presented with. Now, there's, a, there's two things in there in particular that kind of mean sort of the same thing, and that's what we're going to be focusing on today. It is lovers of self and swollen with conceit. And so this is the message today is re- the red flag of being self-centered. And I couldn't help uh, but think about the great theologian Toby Keith um, when, we, when I was going through preparing this, of course. Um, <clears throat> if you know Toby Keith, there's a song that he has. And it's, it's, it's a hilarious song, I think anyway. Some of you might already know where I'm going with this. And it starts off, it says, we talk about your work, how your boss is a jerk. We talk about your church and your head when it hurts. We talk about your troubles you've been having with your brother, about your daddy and your mother and your crazy ex-lover. Come on, like, you know that song? You ever heard this before? It goes through this other thing, and then he finally says, I want to talk about me. I want to talk about I. I want to talk about number one. Oh, my. You know the song. What I think, what I like, what I know, what I want, what I see. I like talking about you, 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 usually. But occasionally, I like talking about me. And it goes, me, me. You got the dancers in the back, whatever. I, I don't know. Uh, I like talking about me. Like, you <laughs> there it is, right? Right, okay. I love that song. It's hilarious. It's a funny song, okay? It's like we're talking about you all the time. And this is one of the things that we see here uh, with uh, some red flags of being self-centered. The first one, I would say, uh, a sign that you might be self-centered, uh, is if you only talk about 
yourself, all right? You only talk about yourself or somebody that you're in a relationship with. They're just constantly talking about their stuff and they don't really seem very interested in the stuff that you're going through in your life. And this guy in this song, Toby Keith, is kind of portraying here as he's saying, you know, listen, I don't mind talking about you every once in a while. Like, that's great, that's cool, but hey, like, this seems a little one-sided here. This relationship is not a give and take here. It's all about you and it is not about me at all. All And so uh, I don't think in scripture you can find anywhere where you see Jesus walking around talking about himself all the time, right? I mean, he talked about himself when he had to talk about himself. But you're not gonna find anywhere in scripture Jesus walking around and saying, hey, what's up? Uh, did you see that? That was pretty cool, right? Yeah, just healed that paralyzed guy. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty awesome. I know, I know, I know. It's like 40 years he'd been paralyzed, yeah, 40, 40. Yeah, I know. It's pretty crazy, right? Yeah, he just got up and walked. It was pretty cool. You know, I just laid my hands on him and said, hey, get up and walk. And man, there he, there he goes. It's pretty cool. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's all good. Like, no, just hold the applause. Guys, stop. Really, really. You're not going to find that anywhere in Scripture. You're not going to find Jesus parading his accolades around of all the healings and the miracles and the signs and wonders and the great things that he did for people. Uh, Jesus was always other focused. Amen? He was always lifting other people up, talking about others and helping others in any way that he could. If someone only talks about themselves, it's pretty sure sign that they're not really going to care for you long term. If you're in a dating relationship with somebody and you already can see like, ah, I don't know about this because they seem to only talk about themselves, listen, it ain't going to get any better. I can promise you that, all right? Uh, another sign of a self-centered person might be that they're never compromising it's a my way or the highway kind of a person. And now you might be that person in this room and you're feeling convicted or you might be sitting next to the person in this room that is like that and you're hoping that they're feeling convicted, all right? But you're saying, oh man, I'm the person that's like my way or the highway. What does that look like? Um, it could look like many different things, but the problem with my way or the highway kind of thinking is that that is completely contrary to the idea of a relationship in the first place because relationships are all about give and take, compromising where you need to, where sometimes my needs are gonna be the priority in a certain moment and sometimes yours are gonna be a priority in a certain moment. And ultimately, I wanna try to help you and fulfill your needs and hopefully you're helping me and fulfilling my needs and we're working together in that way. But if all you ever care about is yourself and you only care about your own desires, your own wants, your own dreams, and it's my way or the highway, uh, then it's never gonna work, never compromising. That's another one. The third one, is not attempting to change. That is another sign of a self-centered person, not attempting to change. You might have a conversation with a loved one and say, hey, these are some things that I'm struggling with right now. And I feel like that, that when you say this, this really hurts me, or when you do this action, this really affects me, and, and maybe there's some things that, hey, you need to work on in your life, and, and if you get this kind of response, uh, defensive response, where they say, hey, listen, like, why are you coming at me like this? Like, why are, you, why are you trying to push on me like this? Why are you pushing my buttons? Hey, why don't you leave me alone? Or, or maybe they might say something like this, a little bit more blunt, and say, hey, I, I don't need to change. I'm solid. Most of the time, people won't say that straight up, but they think it. It's a subconscious thing of thinking, you know what? Like, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm perfect just the way I am. Thank you very much. Like, I don't need your advice. No, I'm not changing at all. And that's a sure sign of a self-centered person is not even attempting to listen when somebody brings something. Hey, you might have a flaw here. You might have a problem. And it would be nice if we could work through it and maybe we could change this. Uh, here's the deal. 
we all have flaws that we need to work on. Can I get an amen? Come on, from somebody. The Bible says that we all fall short of the glory of God. Every single one of us has sin within us. And the Bible talks a lot about uh, fighting against the flesh and expunging that sin from our lives. And if somebody thinks, hey, uh, the Bible actually says that if we say we have no sin, we're lying to ourselves. We talked about lying last week. And, and if you say that you don't have any sin, you say, hey, I don't got any problems, like I'm solid. Come on, man, you're lying to yourself. We all know you got some problems, okay? So not attempting to change. The next one, this one's, uh, this one's gonna get somebody on the ride home today, I can promise you. Making plans without considering you. <laughs> Making plans without considering the other person. Now this is a more practical one, but some of y'all might be like, hey, I'm just gonna do what I'm gonna do, and you ain't gonna stop me. Uh, I'm just gonna do whatever I want because that's what makes me happy. Uh, and the problem is, is you don't necessarily have to always get permission to do things per se. Some people might have this little dynamic where you actually ask permission. Some people, you're kind of independent and that relationship, y'all just do whatever you do and that works for you guys. That's cool. But you got to figure out, hey, listen, is this affecting the other person negatively? And if it is, then maybe you need to rethink that because that might be a sign of you being a little self-centered. And the last one, and I think this is a huge, huge, huge important one of all of them, this is probably the biggest one, is where it feels like the relationship is transactional. You, what do I mean by that? It feels like the relationship is transactional. Let me put it a different way. Y'all are keeping score, all right? You know what I'm talking about already. You've been in that relationship before. Maybe you're in one right now, and you struggle with this in your marriage or in a dating relationship. Uh, the problem with keeping score is this. They're gods of other religions, right? Every other god of any other religion, you look at this, they always require sacrifices to appease them. They all require some sort of sacrifice in order to earn your way into good graces with them, in order to earn your way into heaven, or to earn your way to forgiveness. And it says more something like this, if you do what I want, then I will do what you want. If you will give me what I want, then I will give you what you want. And really, at the core of it, that is not what a relationship is supposed to be about at all. When you are keeping score, what you're saying is, is, hey, listen, my needs are more important than yours, and all I'm caring about is my stuff. And when my needs aren't being met, look, I don't care about your needs at all. I'm going to tell you all about why my needs aren't being met and why you need to be doing better. Because you know what? Like, I took out the trash, and you didn't do nothing. And then, like, I did the dishes. I took the kids to school, and I took them here, and then you didn't do nothing, blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm talking about. You've been there before. And it's a keeping score, and, and this is what happens as you get into James 4, 1 through 2, and it kind of explains why we're like this. It gives the practical reason. It says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you can't get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. So what causes fights? It says it right here. It says, your unmet expectations, and ultimately, your selfish desires, not getting your way in the marriage, not getting your way in the relationship. Listen, these are all things that show what a self-centered person might be like. And you might be saying, hey, I have one of those things, or maybe I have two of those things. God forbid you have three, four, or all five of those things that are within you. And sometimes you might, uh, depending on the season of life that you're in, you might have a little bit more of some of those self-centered tendencies. 
Maybe you are a really selfless person and actually to a fault and you let the other person who is self-centered run all over you. That could also be a problem. But one of the main problems that I think that we get from this passage and what people would say, maybe not out loud, but definitely subconsciously, is that the main problem in our marriage is you don't make me happy anymore. You're probably not gonna say that out loud, but ultimately, that's what ends up with seeing, that's why we see so many divorces, is usually people, that's the core of it, is simply just saying, hey, I'm not happy anymore, or I've fallen out of love, I don't feel like that I'm in love with you anymore because of one of many of these things. The main problem in our marriage is that you don't make me happy anymore. Are you seeing it? You are not doing what I want, and so I am out of here, right? Tim Keller, uh, pastor and author, he says this, if two spouses each say, I'm going to treat my self-centeredness as the main problem in the marriage, you have the prospect of a truly great marriage. Isn't that good? I'm gonna say that again. If two spouses say, I'm gonna treat my self-centeredness as the main problem in this marriage, then, then you have the prospect of a truly great marriage. And I think that that's so true when you look at it saying, hey, I'm gonna take my problems. We talked about it in week one, the red flags. Like, you gotta look within you. We always focus on the red flags in other people. Every article, every you know, book, every podcast that you see, that you read, whatever it might be that you listen to, it's all about red flags and relationships. And it's all warning you about things that you might see in other people. But many times those things are not focused inward and saying, hey, what if I have those red flags? Maybe I need to think about those things within myself. And in Acts 20, 35, I think it gives us the solution to this. It says, it is more blessed to what? Give than it is to receive. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And if I'm being self-centered, and if I could just stop for a second and say, you know what? I'm gonna treat myself as the main problem here. How many of us would say that's pretty hard to do, right? Like, let's be honest. We all like to think that we have it all together. We all like to think that I'm not the problem and that it's you or it's an external thing. We wanna blame the problems we have in our relationships on other people and on other things, whether it's finances, whether it's other people outside of our relationship, whether it's in-laws, come on, like you can blame it on whatever you want, but at the end of the day, you have to make sure that you take a look inward and say, you know what? I'm gonna take a look at myself and treat myself and my own selfish desires as the problem. The Bible talks about that we have these selfish desires that battle within us. It says it right there, back to James 4. What causes fights and quarrels? You wanna know what's causing a fight in your marriage? It says it right here. Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Don't they come from the things that are inside of you? And, and Paul says in another passage, he says, listen, I wanna do the right thing, but doing the right thing is really hard. And, and I try to do the right thing, but then I do the wrong thing. And then I'm doing, I think I'm doing the right thing and I'm actually doing the wrong thing. And he goes, he's like, I'm trying to beat my flesh into submission. What is that saying? He's saying, I'm trying to just like, the imagery that the Bible actually gives is that he's actually like beating himself up and say, hey, listen, you need to, you need to pay attention, okay? Because like you're doing the wrong thing. Like stop, you're looking at yourself. There's that great song, uh, I'm looking at the man in the mirror. Come on, you gotta look at the man in the mirror before you start acting out to somebody else. Take the plank out of your own eye so that you can see clearly to take the splinter out of somebody else's eye. Come on, that's Bible. Somebody say amen. 
Acts 20, 35, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. It's more blessed to give somebody else satisfaction in their lives than it is to actually receive it from somebody else. You know, actually, the satisfaction that we get in our lives comes from helping other people. And a lot of us would push back on that for a second. You say, hold on, but I have needs that I need to have met too. But if you would realize most of the needs that you have actually can be met by giving and giving and giving. And you realize, how many of you all have ever given a Christmas present before? Maybe you've done something like Operation Christmas Child. You've done that with your kids or you grew up doing Operation Christmas Child. Man, there is just something so beautiful about packing up that shoebox and sending it out. You could give me 10 or 15 presents of my own under the Christmas tree, but there is something so powerful that I love about packing up that box and sending it to a kid that I will never meet in my life, but knowing that this child is gonna have a great Christmas because that me and my family were generous and we gave. That is where you get true satisfaction in life from. And so the question I really have for us today is very simple. This is the main question that I wanna ask. What if you lived your life for someone else other than yourself? What if you lived your life for your spouse and not yourself? That's what marriage is all about, ultimately, right? Come on, it's not about getting my needs met, but it's about how can I serve you? How can I love you? And praying and trusting that that person is gonna do the same thing for you. Because when we take everything and we try to take it all into our own hands, we try to get our own needs met, and, and all we care about is ourselves, what ends up happening is it actually pushes away those people that are very close to us. And putting your needs before mine is actually the way of Christ. It is. Jesus did it all the time. The Bible says that we are to love our spouses like Christ loved the church, right? If we're to love our spouses like Christ loved the church, what did Christ do for the church? He died for the church. He died. He gave his entire life for the church. He didn't do anything for himself, but he actually put himself up on a cross for the church. And so we say, you know what, I, my life is supposed to be all about me, and we're supposed to love like Christ loved the church, but yet we're only thinking about ourselves, and yet Jesus was one of the most selfless and humble beings that ever walked this earth. And yet all we can think about is ourselves. I'm gonna put it like this for you today. If you live for yourself, you will die by yourself. And if you die to yourself, you will never be alone. I'm gonna say that again. If you live for yourself, you'll die by yourself. But if you die to yourself, you will never be alone. Why will you never be alone? If you die to yourself and you choose to live your life for others, you choose to live your life for your spouse, okay? What's gonna happen is that they are going to be naturally more attracted to you. There's people in your workplace, in your friendships, come on, the best of friends are the people that don't always talk about themselves, come on. Like you want somebody that's interested in what you are interested in. You want somebody that cares about the things that you're going through in your life, not somebody that only talks about the things that they care about, their work, their troubles, just like that Toby Keith song, like they only talking about them. That's not the kind of person that you want in your friendships and romantic relationships. You need to die to yourself and you will never be alone because people will be naturally attracted to somebody that lives for other people because it just lifts up the presence in the room, right? Like when you're around somebody that cares for you and cares for other people, they got a smile on their face, they're living for others, man, the, the, the atmosphere in the room naturally gets raised. So are you willing to sacrifice your selfishness for the sake of your spouse? 
That's that question. Are you willing to sacrifice that? Hey, I wanna get um, uh, Sadie up here real quick. Uh, we kinda have a short message today. It's a very practical message as we close this out. But I wanna kinda get to the, the solution now. We've talked about what it looks like to be self-centered, but okay, like, what's the solution now? Yes, of course, it's living for your spouse. But let's talk about this, James 3.16. It says, for where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder in every evil practice. I'm gonna condense that a little bit. For where you have selfishness, there you find every evil practice. Every evil practice, huh? I thought that was kind of interesting. It says every evil practice. It, I mean, it, it says it right there. It doesn't say some. It doesn't say a few evil practices. Every single evil practice will come out of selfishness. You don't believe me? Check this out. Number one. Theft and greed. You say, well, that's, you know, is that selfish? Absolutely it is. It's a selfish desire to have what you don't. It's in the Ten Commandments. It's right there. Do not covet, all right? Second thing, lying. What is lying? How is that selfish? It's because you don't want to face the consequences and you don't want to get in trouble, and so you lie in order to protect who? Yourself. Selfish desire. Gossip. How is that selfish? Well, a lot of the time, maybe it seems harmless, but when you really get down to the root of it, what is it? It's you tearing down somebody else a lot of times so that you can make yourself look better or feel better. Selfish. Sexual sin, how is that selfish? It's we're putting our own personal pleasure above somebody else's God-given dignity. Selfish. We only care about ourselves. And the last one is pretty serious. I think maybe a lot of people struggle with this one is unforgiveness. Unforgiveness, how is that selfish? How does that come out of a selfish desire? It says every evil practice, right? So what about this one? I think unforgiveness is one of the biggest, one of the most selfish things that you can do. And the reason for that is, is that Christ forgave us. Jesus forgives you, and yet you feel like it's necessary to hold on to unforgiveness in your heart against somebody else. That just feels real icky to me, right? When Jesus died on the cross for you and for me, and, and, and we didn't deserve it, right? The Bible says we didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. There was no reason that Jesus had to do that. He was the son of God, fully God, fully man. At any time, Jesus could have called down angels from heaven to come save him, but yet he chose to humble himself and to die on a cross for you and for me. So we can't forgive others? Come on, man. Like, we have to be able to forgive. Why do we not forgive? How is that selfish? It's because we feel like a lot of times it's gonna make us feel better if we hold on to that stuff. You know what? I'm not ready to forgive somebody. I'm gonna hold on to this stuff forever. And we think and we trick ourselves and we lie to ourselves saying that this is gonna make me feel better, but really, if you would release that thing, if you would get that off of your shoulders and put it down at the cross of Jesus, say, you know what? This thing hurts, and forgiving this person for what they did to me really hurts, but Jesus, I'm trying to be more like you. I need to give forgiveness in the same way that I have received forgiveness from you. And I wanna be selfish. I wanna live just like you, Jesus. So every evil practice comes out of selfishness. So what's the solution? I think it's pretty easy. Maybe you figured it out by now. The solution is simply humility. To be humble. Be humble. You don't want to be self-centered? Okay, the opposite of that is humility. Luke 14, 11 says, everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. 
See, everything in the Bible is backwards from how we naturally think and live, right? You think, okay, I'm gonna try to exalt myself and that's gonna go really well for me. No, it's not, all right? You know that person that talks about themselves all the time? You know that person that constantly has to remind you of all the great things that they've done? Yeah, well, it's real easy to be like, okay, come on, like seriously, you're not that great. Let's take you down a couple of pegs, all right? And that's what God does with us as well. Like, we like to think of ourselves so highly, and yet God is saying, come on, really? Like, honestly, like, you're great and all, but like, you know, I'm God, all right? So let's just let me lift you up when the time is right. And if you would just humble yourself, it says that God will exalt you. If you will put somebody else's needs in front of yours, God will take care of your needs, amen? God is there for you. You have to humble yourself and live for others. God will take care of you. Why? Because Jesus was the most selfless and humble being ever to walk the earth. And it is right here in Philippians 2. Write this uh, passage down. Philippians 2, 5 through 9. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. So what are we about to do? We're about to get into the mind of Christ a little bit. This is pretty cool. You're getting into the mind of God right now. This is what it says. Who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. So it's saying, hey, Jesus, was was Jesus equal with God? Is Jesus equal with God? Yes. We've got the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Three in one, amen? Come on, like we don't understand it, but we know it's the truth. Come on, and so uh, we know it's three in one. Jesus is and was equal with God as he was walking around the earth. But what is this passage saying? Jesus' mindset was saying, hey, listen, I know that I'm equal with God, but I'm not gonna use that to my own advantage. I'm not gonna use my position or my title or my authority to my own advantage. So what is he gonna do? Let's go on. Rather, he made himself nothing. Somebody say nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death. That is so interesting. That Jesus humbled himself to the level of a servant and actually became obedient to death itself. Did Jesus have to die? No. But he put himself under obedience to it in order that he might overcome it for you and for me. Come on, even death on a cross. Therefore, so now it says this is the mindset of Jesus. He didn't take equality with God as something to be taken advantage of. He made himself a servant, was obedient to death itself, put himself on a cross, an awful way to die. And so what does God do now? It says this, therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. And of course, we know that that name is Jesus. Come on, somebody say Jesus in this place. Come on, God exalted Jesus. He didn't have to do it himself. And yet we think that we have to exalt ourselves, our needs, our desires above others. And God is saying, listen, if you will just humble yourself for a second, if you will think about somebody other than yourself, I will take care of your every single need. The Bible says that God takes care of the birds in the air and the flowers on the ground. And come on, we think that he can't take care of us? You are the the prize of his creation. Like, 
all of this other creation and all the animals and, and, and everything that we see in this world, it's so incredibly beautiful, and yet God thinks of you as the most beautiful thing that he's ever created. And you think he's not gonna take care of your needs and your marriage? Come on now. Live like Jesus. Humble yourself. And we see that Jesus, he got down on his hands and knees and washed his disciples' feet. Some of y'all wouldn't even go near your spouse's feet, like within a 10-yard radius of it. you like, take your shoes off at the door, and we'll spray your feet down before you come in because you stanky, all right? Like, I get it. I get it, all right? But here's the deal. The disciples, they had some nasty, nasty feet, y'all. These dudes wore sandals, and they were walking on sand. They were walking on dirt. They were walking on rocks. They were going through rivers and streams. Their feet at the end of the day were absolutely disgusting, okay? Like these were not some like, hey, I had my, you know, my long dad tube socks on and my New Balances, you know what I mean? Like if I got my Nikes, I got my Adidas on, like you take your shoes off and your feet are, are decently okay, right? No, 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 no. These dudes are in sandals walking around disgusting. And yet what does Jesus do? He gets down on his hands and knees and starts washing these dudes' feet. And they're saying, Jesus, what are you doing? Like, you can't wash my feet. Like, we should be washing your feet. And he's like, listen, if I don't do this, you have no part in me. You don't even know who I am if you don't allow me to do this. And so I want us to just consider for a moment, what would it look like if metaphorically, or in real life, if your wife or husband would be okay with it, <laughs> what if you actually washed their feet Wash their feet in the way that you treat them. Wash their feet in the way that you think about them more than you think about yourself. Lower yourself a few pegs, right? And think about somebody else because that red flag of being self-centered, man, that is not living like Christ at all. Jesus gave himself completely for the benefit of others without expecting anything in return other than what? Simply a loving relationship. That's all he wanted. And that's all we should expect as well. So what I want you to do is I want you to stand up in this place and maybe some of you deal with this, maybe some of you don't. Maybe you've been in a relationship with somebody in the past that was like this or maybe you've been like this in the past. I don't know what this is for you. But I think at the core of it, all of us tend to look out for ourselves more than we look out for others, right? It's just a natural human instinct if we're just being completely honest. And if you look to scripture, you will never see Jesus looking out for his own well-being. There were so many times that Jesus could have called down angels from heaven. So many times he was being tempted by Satan. He could have brought food in. Satan tempts him. He says, hey, why don't you turn this rock into some bread? He said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He had to fight against his flesh, not looking out for himself, but looking out for others. So would you do that for your spouse and if you're in a dating relationship here or you're looking to be in a dating relationship, would you uh, try to expunge that self-centered attitude out of yourself so that you can prepare to be in a loving relationship with somebody else? Maybe you're in that dating relationship right now and you're saying, hey, you know what? This person that I'm with right now is super self-centered or I'm super self-centered. Maybe you need to have a conversation. Married people, maybe you need to have a conversation uh, on the ride home. I know like I've already heard some people have been like, hey, pastor, your message, man, on the ride home, we had a great conversation. I'm like, well, I hope it was great because man, some of the stuff I said, I'm like, I'm probably about to cause some fights up in this place the last five weeks. So man, I hope it's, it's been really good for you to have some healthy conversations and, and look within yourself, not just to somebody else, but to look in yourself and say, hey, 
where am I self-centered? How can I be more like Jesus? So I simply wanna pray for everybody here as we close out this series and say, Father, would you help us to not be self-centered? Come on, let's bow our heads and pray. Lord, would you humble us in this place? God, would you give us the understanding that we are not to live for ourselves, but we are to live for you and for others. Jesus, you gave everything that you had for me. You gave everything that you had for others. You did not consider equality with God to be something to take to your own advantage. But Lord, you made yourself a servant and you served even the least of these. And so God, I pray that you would help us to serve our spouses, to serve those that we are with in relationships, friendships, work relationships, romantic relationships. God, help us to not look out for our own needs, but especially in those marriage covenant relationships. That God, we would understand if I just give myself completely to you, and I understand it's better to give love and to give than it is to receive. That Lord, you're gonna take care of my every single need and I will find satisfaction in my life knowing that I'm giving to somebody else and I'm gonna trust that they're gonna be seeking after you and doing the same thing for me. Help us to have healthy marriages, healthy conversations that need to happen, Lord, and get rid of this self-centered, selfish uh, uh, thing that we have in our heads. It's our human nature, Lord. This is who we are. We only think about ourselves. What causes these fights is our own selfish desires. So Lord, would you take those desires out of us and replace them with healthy, God-given desires to love and to serve somebody else other than ourselves. Lord, I pray for every person here today, if they need to get right with you, they need to receive that forgiveness that you offered through your son Jesus when he died on the cross for our sins. I pray that they would make that decision right here, right now. Maybe they're praying a prayer today, something like, God, would you forgive me? of my sin, would you help me to make you Lord and Savior of my life and to give my life to you, not to live for me, but God, live for you and live for others. And Lord, I believe there's somebody here today that's making that choice, whether today, tomorrow, or this week. Lord, would you do that work in them? Draw them close to you, Father. We thank you for who you are. We thank you that your presence is here in this place. Come on, all God's people said, amen, amen. Come on, let's give it up for Jesus one more time. Hey, I know it's a little bit of a shorter day today, but I just wanted to cap this thing off with that little sweet message. I was gonna actually do that last week, but I felt like the Lord wanted me to finish it off this week. Uh, I wanna say thank you to everybody that was at our Fall Fest yesterday that uh, was serving and helping volunteer. Man, you guys are incredible. And remember, if you are here for the first time today and you wanna get a free lunch, uh, you wanna meet me and some of our other staff, some of our key volunteers, we would love to hang out with you. The food hopefully should be here right now over in the lobby area. Fill out that Connect card, go to Operation Christmas Child, and guys, I pray that you have an amazing week. We'll see you next week, all right? God bless.